You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, everybody, to First Bite, our Detroit Lions preview podcast. It is week nine. It is day three of our Movember campaign here on twitch.tv slash Pride Detroit. Over $1,000 already raised for the Alzheimer's Association. Thank you to everyone who's donated so far. Head over to PrideDetroit.com for more information on that. But week nine means, finally, it's Packers week. The Lions digging back into the division for really only the second time this season. Almost took it to Minnesota. 0-1 there. 1-6 on the season, but facing a 3-5 Packers team uh, in crisis, let's say. Uh, and we'll find out a little bit more about that. But my name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the uh, producer of Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. With me, as always, my co-host, uh, senior editor of Pride of Detroit, at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan Matthews is here. How are we doing, buddy? Has there been a time in Aaron Rodgers' career where you felt like the Lions have as much of a shot as they do this weekend? I I don't want to answer that because it'll get clipped <laughs> and then we'll be here Monday morning talking about his 375 yard day. Totally fair. Totally fair. You know, who, <laughs> you know who we brought on to talk about a potential big day from Aaron Rodgers. Who's that? Are you going to introduce him? No, I'm not. I was just oh, setting you up. <laughs> okay. Well, he's a, wa- a man who wears many hats. He's a contributor at the ever-popular Cheesehead TV, also at Packer Report and Pack-A-Day Podcast. This is Dusty Evely. How's it going, Dusty? I'm good, man. Good. Happy to be here with you guys, talking a little talking a little football. Um, I'm a little nervous about this game, but also excited. Excited to talk to you, gentlemen. Ryan, yeah. I feel like I've known you for a while. I can't remember if we talked before. This is, this is exciting. Yeah. I... I... I'm weirdly excited about this game too, because I feel like if the Lions lose this one, it's okay. Who cares? Like they're one in seven. Everyone kind of expected if they beat the Packers, not that everyone's going to be happy again, but it'll just be a, a, like a, a smidge of happiness in a, in an otherwise very disappointing season. Is that, mm-hmm. is that fair? I'd say that's fair from your part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I certainly, I certainly, I certainly would feel sad if the Lions won this game. So you, you are entitled to your happiness. I'm not, I'm not trying to make you necessarily sad, just to be clear. I mean, there, there are definitely some Packers fans I have in mind that might I might enjoy being sad, sure. but you're not one of them yet. We'll see by the end of the podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. <laughs> uh, well, let's start when, when the Packers have the ball, because that seems to be maybe the more interesting side of the ball right now uh, for Green Bay. Um, and I, I, I guess I just have to ask the question, like, what? What's happening here? What? What's? Why are things not clicking? Their DVOA numbers don't look that bad, but obviously the points per game are low. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't throwing it deep. So, I, what's what's the biggest problem? I guess facing this Packers offense right now. 
Oh, there's so much, man. That's the problem. I, uh, people have been saying, uh, I've heard a lot of people saying Aaron Rodgers is not playing well, which is true to an extent. I think he's been playing better than a lot of people have been saying he is. But my answer has always been, if it was just Aaron Rodgers, I, I would take that. That's fine. Because eventually I believe he's going to turn around. He's got a thumb injury. Everything's wrong right now. I mean, a lot of things are wrong. So part of it is the way defenses are playing them. So across the league, like too high is the rage across the league. And you're putting an umbrella over that stuff. Right now, teams, I think the past three, maybe four weeks, I did not see what the, what the Bills numbers were. Teams have been going single high, man-to-man, press man against Green Bay wow. and just saying, see if you can beat us. And with Devontae in there, they'll go, okay, and they've run those slot fades all day. They don't have anyone that can beat press. Like not a single person can consistently beat press. They've got some young guys that have showed promise. Uh, you know, Watson has been kind of in and out. I think he's in this week. They've got no one who can beat it. And so, so far, a bunch of guys are jamming them at the line. They're throwing everything off. Beyond that, they're running the wrong routes. Receivers are running the wrong routes. You've got the offensive line is just in disarray. I, I don't think they've run the start the same starting lineup out there twice uh, this entire year, um, and, I, and I don't know if that continues again this year, this this week or not. They're complete. They're shuffling. They're missing assignments on the offensive line. Really, the only thing working right now is the run game. And even that, they don't always go to as much as they necessarily should. Um, I think maybe they found something this past week against the Bills that's kind of working. A couple of tweaks there that I think will work. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a combination of offensive line, especially the, against like run blocking. They're not bad. Pass blocking, they have all kinds of issues, and then the continuity issues on top of that. They're running the wrong routes. There's weird miscommunication. They're running the wrong routes. They're running into each other, and they can't get off press man. Uh, but you know, aside from that, how was the play? Right. <laughs> well, I, I, I think maybe my, my next question will go hand in hand with this, Dusty, but like um, not saying that you said it's as simple as, you know, Devonte Adams was really good and the offense misses him like as much as you just said, um, where, you know, defenses can play them a little bit differently now. But I, I guess let's talk about the wide receiver group as a whole. Um, I mean, there is a lot of excitement, I think, um, to, to mm-hmm. say the least. I mean, uh, with, you know, actually drafting skill position players, um, which doesn't seem to be a big trend in Green Bay, but like getting a guy like Christian Watson, who, you know, um, dealing with concussion now, but like Romeo Dobbs was a big time, like training camp darling. Mm-hmm. Um, is it is it just youth? Because, I mean, they have like Alan Lazard, who's, you know, moonlighting as the team's number one, but they have, you know, Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb. Like, is it just they don't have a guy like Devontae Adams? Is, is, it, is it just that simple or? I think that's partially it. I mean, you mentioned Sammy Watkins and he's an interesting case because when they brought him in, he was, he was the vet in the room, right? Like, he, yeah. you know, he likely still has a little bit of speed, but he's, he can block. Like he's, he's, he's the vet guy in there. I think the problems go, I mean, the, I think the skill positions is somewhat Watson has not been able to get gain his footing. You know, Roger said after this past week, the bills game, they were planning to get Watson a ton of touches and they had, uh, they, they had a nice little nifty middle screen set up for him that you could see the speed there and then immediately got his head compressed. And that was it for the game. And a couple other games, you could see the speed there. I mean, the first offensive, the first pass play of the year was a deep throw to Christian Watson. That's a 75 yard walking touchdown that he drops. And so that's the thing that, that stands out in people's minds, but his speed, when he's out there, man, like it, it pushes guys back. Like, even if he's not doing anything, safeties have to respect it. They use him a lot jet motions, which helps open the run game. They open those running lanes with him as well. Uh, so I think he, he can be good, but even if he's not doing anything, um, his speed makes you respect him. Dobbs has shown flashes, but kind of going back to Sammy Watkins, and this is where I, what I get to is a lot of this, I kind of put on, the coaching staff a little bit, not LaFleur necessarily, because I, I do like LaFleur. I like what he does, you know, everything he says. I like, it seems like he has a steady hand. Like maybe there's some issues with him. I think Hackett going out to Denver 
kind of really screwed some stuff. Cause I think what we're seeing now is the two main issues. It's lack of attention to detail, detail and offense. Again, like the wrong routes and guys running into each other. And that was Hackett's offense coordinator stuff. And then the offensive line's not looking good either. They took uh, Adam Stenovich was the offensive line coach. Hackett was going to take him. So Green Bay promoted him to OC and they brought up in his stead. The offensive line coach is now Luke Buckus, who's the grandson of uh, Dick Buckus, former Bears Dick Buckus. And so you now have, I think they, they basically like Peter principled themselves into the gates of hell because they brought up Stenovich, who I don't think was ready to be offensive coordinator. And so some of those details are off, but he's a really good O-line coach. And now you got Buckus as a line coach and I, and he's not as good as Stenovich. So they kind of had to out of necessity, some of this, because they wanted to keep Stenovich within the organization. But I do think all of this stuff, because some of the and some of the stuff, it's Sammy Watkins, the vet, running the wrong routes. It's Alan Lazard, who's been there for years, running routes at the wrong depth, running into guys. Like just there's there's weird little attention to detail stuff that whatever you want to say about the Packers the past few years, like that stuff's been buttoned up pretty well. Like they run a pretty smooth offense. So to see this through week eight. It's it's hard not to put that stuff on coaching. There is still the stuff with the players. I think Dobbs, we're starting to see. Smart Torre, we saw this past week, uh, who was a seventh-round pick, and he got some play. He got a touchdown this past week. So I think as some of these guys progress, maybe you cover up some of those issues. There's just a lack of details uh, on the offensive line and just in some of the pass game stuff in general that 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 we have not seen in the LaFleur era so far. And it's interesting because you, you see Aaron Rodgers not so subtly call out his receiver room. Um, and, and obviously that's created some drama there, but um, I want to, I, I want to talk about him a little bit because you, you're right. I, I do see quite a bit of criticism out there for him. Um, you know, his, his <clears throat> he, he, I put it in one of my articles this week. I called it coward ball. Cause he's throwing it into intended yards. I think are lowest in the NFL mm-hmm. and, and certainly lowest for, for his career. Uh, is that is that just a reflection of, of, of a lack of trust in, in his receivers or are, are they trying to scheme around some of this stuff by by utilizing short yardage passing? What, what, what's the story there? They've been so horizontal in their passing game. Um, and I think he's I think if you look at passes behind the line of scrimmage, he's got 33 percent of his attempts on the year behind the line of scrimmage and no one else is like higher than like 25. Something like it's some yeah. it's something insane. And so much of that. I mean, that, that, that kind of goes back to the past couple of years but they had Devontae Adams. He throws little bubble screens off the RPO stuff. Yeah. We don't, you don't have that now, but you are still seeing that. So I think there, I think there's a couple of things. If you look at his um, look at his a dot week to week, you get like five and a half yards, four and a half yards, nine and a half yards, four yards. And so you get these weird jumps where he will, they will take their shots. Um, I, I do think part of it is, and you'll see sometimes he's looking to take a shot. He's looking down guys run into each other or they don't get off press and the line's breaking down. And so I check it down. So I do think that, that there's a lot of it. There is some that as the season goes on, as the game goes on, I looked at a play um, earlier today that was he, there was a throw he could have ripped up the seam that I think we see him rip up the seam before. It's like a guy's rotating down out of too high and you can just rip that behind him. And it was, I think it was in the two minute drill, like end of the game where they have to score but the line was getting beat so bad all day by that, that by that point, like he did a quick check and the ball's out of his hands to the flat quick. So I do think there's, I think there's a couple of things. I think he maybe doesn't quite trust the guys, but when he does look to take shots, guys aren't where they, sh- where they should be. And then the offensive line starts breaking down. So then I think he becomes, it's almost like game by game, you know, like by the end of the first quarter is, is Rogers just getting the ball out. Is it going to be like 2.1 seconds, the ball's out of his hand. Cause we've, we've seen those games or is he holding on to a little more? So I think he's, we're starting to see him hold on to a little bit more. I think average time to throw this past week was like 2.6 seconds and he was taking a few more shots downfield, but he's just, I think it's, 
everything kind of culminating into this. The guys are not where they're supposed to be and the line sucks. And so I'm just going to check it down for, for good or ill. Sometimes he leans on a little too heavy, but yeah. Should, should be an interesting matchup, Brian, between uh, a secondary to, that doesn't know what it's doing and a wide receiver core that doesn't know what it's doing. <laughs> Sounds uh, thrilling. <laughs> yeah, just cue the Benny Hill music, right? I mean, <laughs> let's let's have some fun here. Um, but I, I guess uh, maybe to, to put a bow on the, the Packers offense, let's, I guess let's talk about one thing that it seems to be doing pretty well. Uh, ninth in rushing DVOA. Um, I mean, Aaron Jones is... I mean, almost at six yards a clip. Um, AJ Dillon is is a guy that they've really. Uh, it seems, for all intents and purposes, that they've gotten him a lot more involved in, in the uh, in the Packers offense. So, mm-hmm. um, talk about what has been successful about the Packers ground game so far this season. Yeah, they look great. It's interesting, actually. Dylan, Dylan, the complaint about him that I think was valid was that he did not look good this year. Um, looked slow, looked tentative, was getting brought down by arm tackles. This past week against Buffalo was the best we've seen him. So I don't know if he was nursing an injury or something, but he was running over dudes and he had the acceleration and burst. So I'm excited to see that going forward. But what we've seen from them this year in the run game, leaning more on the um, kind of the power stuff, a lot of like pin pole concepts they've been running a lot more and great success with that and against i'm that's one of the things i'm really curious about this game is against the bills they lean heavier into uh so josiah deguara is kind of like their hybrid halfback guy they drafted three years ago has barely got any run he's seeing like 15 percent of offensive snaps this past week he was on for 45 percent, and he was the lead a lot of motion stuff motion into like kick out using him as kind of like a key piece of that kind of pin pole power run game and they had a huge success with that against buffalo and usually when he's in there um he's like he's a road grader man like he just you uh, opposing teams i assume will just absolutely hate him because he's he's just giving it his all wire to wire like a little bit after the whistle like nothing dirty but he'll 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 block you a little bit so i'm curious if that if they think they found something there that they can go to that but they're i mean wide zone game is that that what they're built on not looking all that great inside zone game is pretty good but that power stuff has been working for them really really well so far this year interesting um yeah that should be an interesting map but when you when you talk about deguara like that it makes me think of uh uh, Kabinda and and someone we, we might see return to this game on, on the line side fullback that might get some tight end play too because uh, as we'll get into lines have some tight end uh, change up this week. Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to talk about is just the the offensive line injuries. If you can provide any sort of insight there, I know you, you don't have a magic eight ball necessarily, but Dave Bakhtiari is, is I think the, the the big question here. I know he's been in and out of the lineup with his knee injury, missed mm-hmm. the first two practices this week. What's what's your read there? No read, man. I have zero idea. Like his <laughs> yeah. thing is, and Rogers has said it, the floor has said, it, I think even Bakhtiari said it. Like there's days like he'll be fine. There was what a game a few weeks ago, I think two weeks ago, he practiced uh two two or three days, like three days that week. Mm-hmm. Everything was looking good. Every- then he woke up on Sunday and he was like, Nope, can't go. Knee mm-hmm. screwed up. Zach Tom found out he was starting 90 minutes before the game. And it sounded from and from the floor and Rogers have said that's that's what's going to happen this year like he could look very good during the week and then wake up wrong i think even zach tom said something like there's days you see bakhtiari walk around like just you watch him walk and go okay yeah he's not he's not playing uh so whether he's practicing like he he did practice everything looked good a couple weeks ago didn't play because he woke up feeling funny he did not practice two days this week maybe he wakes up on sundays and he feels great like when he's out there he looks tremendous like he looks like he's not really missed a step there's just no way to know if he's going to be out there. And, and Jenkins, I know Jenkins missed this past game. I think he was limited to participant in practice today, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. So hope he's out there because they had just moved, they'd moved him. He, 
looked awful at right tackle because they brought him back. He was at right tackle, just awful at right tackle. They moved him two weeks ago to left guard, which is more natural position. He looks tremendous. And then he missed the game and Zach Tom came in, the rookie, and who looked fine. He didn't really have to wait to play guard at this point, I don't think. So he's kind of getting shoved around a little bit. But I'm hoping Jenkins plays based on limited participant. Uh, so that's the way I'm leaning now, I guess, is that he will be out there likely at, at starting left guard. Bakhtiari, who knows, man? They're like until an hour before the game, like I don't think anyone knows at this point. <laughs> Fair enough. And and who who's who like how would they shake things up if Bakhtiari isn't there and, and, and how 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 did backups play in general? Backups pretty well. I mean, honestly, so Nyman was kind of the guy at left tackle. Um, mm-hmm. and then when uh so he, he they they ended up moving him to right tackle and he's done pretty well over there. Uh I think trying to remember what happens now. So Bakhtiari doesn't play. I think that like Tom at right tackle. If, if Jenkins could play, it'd be Tom at right tackle, Nyman at left tackle, and then you put Jenkins in at, at left guard, uh, be John Running Jr. at right guard, and then Myers at center. So you kind of – Nyman is that swing tackle there. Yeah. We hadn't seen play right tackle at all. That was a big thing. No one knew if he could. And then he stepped in on right tackle. Like, well, why do we have Elton Jenkins over there? Like, well, <laughs> Nyman can actually play over there. So. <laughs> it- that just, it seems like that's how it always works with Packers. They're always dealing with offensive line injuries and whoever steps in just turns out to be great. Yep. Yeah. It's not fair. It's not Except fair. Royce Newman. Except for Royce Newman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Lions offense versus the Packers defense and obviously make some predictions for week nine. So we'll be right back here on First Bite with Dusty Evil. We'll be right back. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And we are back here on First Bite after some off-air shenanigans. Uh, My co-host is now a cat. Uh, but let's get into our, our Lions Packers preview when the Lions have the football. And I want to talk about the Packers defense because 
going into the season, this was a unit that many predicted to be a top five unit. It obviously hasn't turned out that way. Um, let's let's just go kind of back to front here and and talk about first the the defensive backs, the the secondary there in uh, in Green Bay. Obviously, Jair Alexander still very much a force, still a great trash talker as we saw last week uh, against the Bills. Mm-hmm. Tell me about everything else that's going on there because it doesn't seem like everything else is necessarily going as well. That's an astute observation. That is an astute observation. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, they've cleaned up some stuff. So early in the year, they had a ton of miscommunications, which they had not had. Uh, they did not have last year. That was like a hallmark of Petten and Capers. And then Joe Barry, for all of his faults, the back end, with their, their communication was really good. That was not the case at all through the first few weeks. They seem like they've cleaned that up, which has been good. But they still have Joe Barry today, the defensive coordinator today, because Darnell Savage has, has been – a lot of people have had high hopes for him. Uh, he has not been good. He has been, in fact, quite bad. Uh, he's been one of their safeties. And there's been a whole bunch of talk. They've actually have, like been rotating guys around. And when he was injured, they put other guys back there. It's, it's been a whole thing. Joe Perry today said something to the effect of, like, he would make a great nickelback. Like, he would be a tremendous nickelback. He'd be great in that role. But then we have to put someone else at safety. Like, okay, he's bad at safety. Like, do that. You're the defensive coordinator. You can, you, you can do – you're the literally the man who can do this. So – there's, there's a lot of Joe Barry angst right now, but uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is the, I mean, the back end it's Jair uh, Amos. I don't know if it's like, if it's weird assignment stuff and, and some of the calls are bizarre or if he has taken a step back, he's been tremendous. Just the, the most solid guy in that secondary his entire time at green Bay. He does not look good. He's getting turned around. Uh, speed doesn't seem to be there quite again. I mean, the savage again, savage has not been good. Stokes, who was a promising rookie, kind of thrust into his situation starting before he was ready last year and looked really good. Um, I keep trying to remind myself that progression is not linear. Uh, he does not look as good as he did last year. I still think he's got a lot of promise for his career, but he does not look as good as he did last year, which some of that then is how much of that is changing, but it's the same. It's unlike the offense coaching staff, roughly the same as it was last year. So I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, it's basically it's Jair. They got Rasul Douglas. Uh, they played Rasul in the slot for a while, even though he is not a slot corner and, and was murdered there many, 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 many times. Um, and so they finally kind of have mixed that up a little bit. And then he got burned to the outside by Stefan Diggs, which don't have him on Stefan Diggs, probably like that's that's the problem number one there. So <laughs> there's just there's all kinds of problems. The secondary was supposed to be the the biggest, like the best part of this defense. And it's basically Jair Alexander, Amos, who seems to be taking a step back. Savage, who seems to be taking a massive step back and, and is likely who he is at this point. Uh, Rasul, the kind of hitting that uh, hitting that regression from the prior year. And then Stokes, you know, kind of taking a lump in a second year after having a really solid, solid first year. So, um, yeah, I didn't say much good things. I don't think I said any good things. <laughs> <laughs> you can say one good thing about Jair Alexander. How about that? God, he's so great. Okay, he's, that's it. No, that's he it. Had, uh, one, I said one. I said one. And he had one. You knock away a pass from Stefan Diggs and then like did the did the sword in the holster while standing over him. Oh, he's he's so good. He's I thought so that was a seatbelt thing. Was that not a seatbelt thing? I thought it was a I don't know. I saw it as a sword, I guess. I thought the I one. Know. I don't know. I I whatever it was, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love him to death. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, another player on the Packers defense that, um, I mean, had an incredible year last year and the Packers ponied up for him was Devondre Campbell, um, you know, to the tune of five years, $50 million. Um, and, and paying a linebacker, that kind of money means that you are, um, as good as advertised. So like, um, he's a guy who has not participated in practice yet this week. How big of a loss would that be for the Packers, Dusty? 
So he hasn't been great yet. He hasn't been great this year either. I think so. Part of his issue, I think, has been he played so many like one linebacker packages last year. And this year he settled next to Quay, which is not only another linebacker, but is but it's also a rookie linebacker who's not sure of the assignment. So there's a tentativeness in Campbell's play. That being said, he is still the best linebacker on the roster. Um, Quay has the athleticism, but the, his eyes are not there yet. Uh, so Campbell seems a little slow, uh, a little slower than he was the prior year, but still clearly the best linebacker and so i mean they put in i think chris barnes was designated to return today uh, but he is a massive step down from campbell so if campbell can't go quay has had his moments and quay had um not against the bills because he shoved a man on the sideline and got tossed out pretty quickly but the prior game i think was his best game of the year and so i think for a rookie i think we're always going to see kind of ups and downs so i don't think because he had a game good game two weeks ago he's gonna have a good game this week but he's shown enough flashes that if he's the dude i don't know i still think he gets murdered probably <laughs> <laughs> I guess, but I'd say a pretty, pretty, pretty big step back with, with Campbell on the lineup. Okay. So you say he's going to get murdered. What, what does that look like on the field? Where, where are the Packers then vulnerable? Is it, is it run defense? Is it passing over the middle? Is it all of the above? Yes. It's all the above. I think, I think more running. Um, yeah. He really struggles to the point where they were kind of trying to mitigate some of these, these, these issues with a lot of, any like misdirection stuff. I know the lions run game lines do a lot of good stuff in the run game. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of pre-snap stuff, a lot of post-snap pullers and all that stuff. They told him two weeks ago. It seemed like they told him two weeks ago when people, when teams start doing that, plant your feet in cement. And until something is declared, don't break on it. And then he uses athleticism to break to catch up, which causes his own problems because then blockers can kind of get out on you. So, I mean, I think the passing game, he can be a little slow in play action uh, just because some of those keys, those upfront keys, he's not quite quick to diagnose those yet. So he's a bit back in coverage, but he can recover really well. So I think the pass game doesn't probably doesn't kill you that much. Um, I say that and then watch, I don't know, Detroit's tight end three or whatever, go for 150 <laughs> yards this week. Um, but I think the run game, especially some of that power run game, basically anything where you pull a single man under the line and have any kind of pre-snap stuff on that at all. He really struggles with that. So I think if they have any kind of misdirect, run a trap, run any kind of gap power, I, I you can take advantage of that. And from what I've seen in Detroit, it seems like they like to do that yeah. quite a bit. So I'd, I'd imagine he, they'd be very susceptible to, to big gains there. Well, I, I'm, you, you, you hinted at it there. Now, I'll actually talk. I, I want to talk with you, Ryan, for a second about it, because um, the Lions, obviously, offensive weapons are going to look a lot different this week with with no TJ Hawkinson. Um, Josh Reynolds might be out. Um, we'll, we'll see. He, he missed today's practice after practicing on Wednesday, and that's never a good sign. A midseason or midweek downgrade is, is bad news, which means the Lions receiving core would look something like Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, Khalif Raymond and Tom Kennedy and James Mitchell, James Mitchell, I guess. And it's Brock Wright as at tight end. Uh, how, how big of a step back would you be expecting? Because I mean, even it, this receiving core has been kind of depleted all, all year. And TJ Hawkinson has had kind of on again, off again production. Um, but, but the passing offense in general has been good. And we, we just talked about how, Packers pass defense specifically in the back seven has issues. So I don't know how, how concerned are you, I guess right now of, of the Lions pass offense. I know we haven't gotten to a big part of that yet with, with the Packers defense, but just when it comes to the skill position players, I guess, how you feeling? Yeah. I, I think with the skill position players, as long as Amon Ra is playing, I think that I at least can always hold out hope that there's somebody who's reliable enough to run a route that, needs to be run and catch a ball that needs to be caught and, and, and just make a play when a play needs to happen. Um, I think Khalif Raymond has had a kind of a 
underrated couple of weeks. Like he's been a dependable dude. Um, even on plays where he's not getting the ball, he's getting open. And, you know, I, I think that he's, he's always kind of a threat. So if you're looking for somebody to, I think, have a game that you might not be expecting to have a game, I think it might be him. Like if, if the Packers are liable and susceptible to, you know, miscommunication or something like that, you can see a guy like Khalif just, I mean, speed put, option, put, putting his foot in the ground and, and just, you know, go downfield and get the ball. So, but I, I guess to, to kick this question to, to Dusty, like Jamal Williams revenge game incoming. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a fairly big contingent of Packers fans that I don't think would mind that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys, you know, Lions fans and him being there, which he's in his second year now, beloved player yeah in green Bay. like everyone everyone loved him They're like listen they signed aaron jones they should not give money to jamal williams but also jamal williams is awesome so everyone kind of wanted him so i feel like if he goes off for like 200 yards and a lion's win yeah people are going to be upset but i think a lot of people are like yeah i'm just happy jamal's happy like i think that's <laughs> going to be the attitude roughly if that happens. <laughs> yeah no question um yeah so let, let's talk about the packers defensive front we'll, we'll get into the run defense a little bit here but obviously i think the the, the scary part on, on the Lions uh, side of things is, is that pass rush, which is a top 10 pass rushing unit by, by most measures. And it's led by Rashawn Gary, a uh, former Michigan guy who will re- reunite with uh, Aiden Hutchinson. <laughs> but I guess to Ryan's chagrin, um, sorry, um, may, maybe someone will punch him in the, in the, in the tunnel and, and, and oh will play. God. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry that your team isn't in the college football playoff right now. Shut up. Ask your stupid question. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let, uh, Rashawn Gary um, might face. So I guess, tell me how they utilize Rashawn Gary, where he's most effective. What side does he line up on mostly? And, and because obviously lines have a, a pair of good tackles too. Um, so how do you see that matchup playing and, and where do you see him playing? They move around a little. Honestly, I haven't quite charted where they like to line him up. It seems like they, he normally is over uh, right tackle and yeah. and Preston over left. Uh, and that, I mean, that one-two punch has been tremendous. He's been amazing. It, he doesn't, I think, that's one of the things Packers fans love Rashawn Gary, but also who are saying, listen, set an edge. Set an edge uh-huh. against the run because he mm-hmm. will not do that. Like he'll mm-hmm. dive inside his job, and he's very good at it. His job is to get the quarterback. He's got that speed to power move that he's just perfected at this point. He is just taking his game to a new level. But he, whether because he doesn't care because he's not coached to do it, uh, he, he you can you can get gains against him in the run game. He does not really care about the edge. Um, and against mobile quarterbacks, that'll kill you. Against Jared Goff, who cares? Right? Like, <laughs> yep. It's, Fair. It's fine. Um, wait, wait. Yeah, do you see a spin move though? <laughs> <laughs> seen it not impressed uh, he'll, 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 he'll turn a six yard sack into an eight yard sack <laughs> and your and your head will spin there's nothing i love more confident than the guy doing like a really slow spin move and then throwing the ball downfield and like missing everyone by 10 yards so i'm hoping for one of those this weekend that could be fun i think you got a good shot <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he's like he's tremendous i think on the other side and he's been limited i think he practiced today limited participation is preston smith um who is basically the opposite of Gary. I mean, he's got the power move. He's a big dude. That dude sets every single edge against the run. Like he has been, and I think he's my, my issue with him had been, if you look at his best years throughout his career, it had been, uh, it'd been, uh, pay, payday years basically, or he had an extension incoming or something like that. They signed him to an extension. This is his first year under that extension. He's been a monster. I think the best year of his career so far has been this year. So he's been a monster. He's a limited participant, uh, but I think he'll play. And then aside from that, that's that's the thing with the edge. Those two guys are tremendous. They've got zero depth. 
They've got zero. They'll every now and then, if under those two linebacker packages, they've been walking Quay up a little bit. They've been getting Quay Walker kind of on the edge, walked up in the A gap, something like that, and trying to use him as a rusher. The only other edge rusher they're really using is um, JJ Anigbari. He's actually his name is Kingsley Anigbari, and after they drafted him, he said, "I'm going by JJ." So it's JJ Anigbari. Hmm. Where's 55? Undersized, but kind of shades of, of Zadarius Smith, kind of a kind of a lunatic when he's out there a little bit. Um, but he's he's been he's a fifth round rookie this past year. It was kind of a that could be a good pick over the past two or three weeks. Like he's really taken off. So that's that. But that's I mean, that's it for the rotation. They've got Gary. They've got Preston again, limited participant. And they got J.J. Anabari, a fifth round rookie who's been good, but it's still a fifth round rookie. So pass rush has been tremendous but they really are kind of spread thin on that front. And they're trying, like I said, they're walking Quay up just because they don't have anyone else. They have Jonathan Garvin and Kobe Jones, who they just released. They were hoping to do something with. They don't, they have zero depth. And if those guys get gassed, it can, it can be a trouble, but the, their top line is tremendous. Want to talk about the run defense a little bit, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, let, let me, let me ask you a question and then kick it to Dusty. So like, Obviously, I think the biggest concern, right, is that DeAndre Swift maybe played a little bit too soon. Yeah. Um, do you think that the Lions are are maybe too predictable on the ground with Jamal Williams to have success? It, it, that's a really good question and is actually one that was asked uh, to offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. And and he said, yeah, like maybe maybe because when DeAndre Swift was out there, we passed most of the time. And when Jamal Williams was out there, we ran most of the time. Maybe we had to we had to kind of re re-examine our own tendencies. And that's something that he said that, that they did and, and noticed and, and will hopefully change going forward. So, yeah, I think that's, that's definitely a concern and, and one that they're, they're hoping to fix in, in whatever way. And yeah, like the Deandre Swift kind of conundrum of how much is he going to play? Because yeah, it was, it was kind of shocking to hear Dan Campbell go on the radio this week and say, we probably gave Deandre Swift one too many carries last week. And he had five carries. And he's, he said, he said literally the words, he's not, he's not ready. He's not, I can't remember that he's not there. He's, he's not him or something. He's not back. I think is what yeah. the, the actual term was. Um, and then he goes in front of the press on Wednesday and say, says he's feeling better this week than he did last week. And then he doesn't go out and practice on Wednesday. And so a lot of mixed messages getting sent. My read on the situation is, yeah, he probably is feeling better, but they, they're going to tone him back this week and practice a lot more. And they, in fact, they have, he was full practice, all last week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, misses Wednesday this week, limited on, on Thursday. I think they're just like, let's let's wrap him in bubble wrap for, for the entire week and and maybe we get 10 carries out of him out of him this week. But um not I I, I still am expecting a Jamal heavy game. And so Dusty, if that's the case, tell tell me where the run defense is, is breaking down because I look at that defensive front I see a guy like Kenny Clark and I know he's maybe more of a pass rusher than than a run stuffer I see a guy like Jaron Reed and I'm just like they're stout up the middle they should be fine up the middle what what's happening here what is, is it just is it not setting the edge like you said it, they should be fine up the middle like Kenny Clark's the only guy doing much at this mm. point Kenny Clark again tremendous like he is like you said he he does he's a very good pass rusher but he can hold his own. He's, they, they they will double team him. He'll split some of those double teams. Like if it's one on one, he's gonna beat the one on ones. Like he's still, I think by like PFF stuff as like one on one, he's by top seven uh, interior defensive lineman in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Jerron Reed was someone that we were really really excited about when they signed him. He's he's not been good. Uh, he's he's had a couple plays here and there. Dean Lowry turned in his best year as a Packer last year. He's been non-existent, and I think the big shock in all of this has been they spent uh, you know their first uh, their first pick on Dev- on uh, Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. 
a shock because Green Bay never goes for 24-year-olds in the draft. Mm-hmm. Like Kenny Clark was 20 when they drafted him. They never go that old. And it was, all right, he's 24, windows now, he's got to be out there. He's 50, 57 snaps so far this year, this entire year, 57 snaps. He can't get on the field. And why why he can't get on the field, I don't know. He played a little bit this past week, and he seemed fine when he was out there. There was, there was talk in camp about he like playing a little too high and getting out leverage at the spot. But at this point, like I don't know how he can be worse than Dean Lowry. So, yeah, I mean, you look at that front, and it's, it's basically this, <laughs> this whole offseason was, man, listen, they got Wyatt, they got Reed, they gave Kenny Clark some help. It turns out they didn't give Kenny Clark anything for the looks of things because Reed's getting washed out. Lowry, <laughs> Lowry had a play this past week where he slipped on his first step and the guy pancaked him because he just fell down because Lowry was already on the ground. And that's that's Dean Lowry season. He was supposed to be, you know, not an amazing player, but like he was solid last year. He did some nice things. Uh, but yeah, they just I think I mean, that's that's kind of the big thing. It's you've got the line that you, you were hoping to be stout. And it's not. And then you've got linebackers. You've got uh, Campbell playing a little tentatively. And then you've got Quay, sometimes boots and cement, sometimes reading the wrong thing. And then you've got Savage who can't fill from the second level. So it's, I mean, the kind of like the offense as well. You look at the problem with run defense. I wish it was one thing. It's, it's a failure at pretty much every level at defending the run, which, which is fun. It's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) We can commiserate with bad run defenses. (laughs) Um, all right, uh, let's move to our final segment of the first bite, and that is the thing we call the one thing we think we know where we make a prediction about the game, not necessarily score prediction, not necessarily a winner prediction, but one prediction about the game to show you what it looks like, Dusty. We're going to throw it to Ryan Meowthews first. Ryan, <laughs> what is the one thing you think you know about Lions Packers? One thing I think I know about Lions Packers is that I, I, I was going to say that this will be off my face, but I don't know if I'll be able to get all this off my face. Um, the one thing I think I know about Lions Packers is that Khalif Raymond is going to be your leading receiver on the day. Ooh, okay. I think, I think that he, um, whether, whether it's just, you know, catching maybe three, three passes um, and, and them all being like, you know, just big gains on the ground um, or, you know, maybe, Amon Ra gets a lot of attention and, and Cleef Raymond just gets the uh, is, is the benefactor of all that attention. I, I, I feel like a big, like Cleef Raymond game incoming. I, I can see that. I, I honestly can. I feel like he's running the best routes of anyone right now. And, and he just is a matter of getting option. him the ball. Right. Right. Like, and I can't yeah. imagine, I mean, maybe they put Jair. I don't know. The thing is like, what do you even do with a good guy like Jair in this game when he's got no one to challenge him? <laughs> Just make sure he doesn't get bored out there, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they've not been using him to the best of his abilities all year, so why start now? You know? <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. All right, Dusty, you're going to be up next. What's the one thing you think you know about Lions Packers? Uh, I think mine's going to be real boring. Mine's going to be uh, Aaron Jones over plus 150 combined yards. Uh, I think between just looking at the Lions defense, like just just – generally just all of it uh sure. i think there's there's a there's a lot of a lot of room there to do things uh and so i think between the ground game which again getting a little getting a little better at and and a little more diversified and, and looking really good hopefully with more Deguara in there uh, between the run game and then how they like to use him in the pass game which he's been somewhat limited and we've seen some of that open up against the science defense i think probably opens up a little bit more i'll go over 150 yards uh combined for aaron jones I, I was going to go along that line. I was going to do, but I feel like I've already made this prediction, right? I was going to say something like 350, 375 combined rushing yards between the two teams, because I think Jeez. that's, I mean, that's, that's the key to winning for both teams. I think right now it's, it's 
the the most success that they they it's the best matchup for each team. But yeah. instead, I'm kind of going to go along the same lines, but with a different prediction here. And I'm going to say the one thing I think I know about this game is that the first two 24 points wins. I think it's going to be a low scoring game because we're going to have these long drawn out drives. It's going to be bleed a lot of clock. Um, I don't think either team is interested in getting into a shootout. The Lions certainly aren't. They've had enough of those and they're not good at them. So I think even 24 might seem a little high. Like maybe maybe it's the first to 21 in this this game is, is your winner. Um, but that's the one thing I think I know. Dusty, I'm going to throw it back to you one more time. Let you promote anything that you want to promote. Where can the people find you? Where can they hear you, read you, wherever, wherever your Packers content lives? Yeah, you kind of hit at the top. I'm weekly on Wednesdays over at uh, Pack-A-Day with, uh, with Steven Sarah. And we talk about Packers offense versus the opposing team's defense. So I, I like to try to dig into what the other team is doing defensively and what we know offensively. So we get into that. That's that's Wednesdays. And then uh, weekly for Cheesehead TV on Wednesdays, usually a, a passing breakdown from the previous week. Uh, weekly on Packer Report, uh, writing about. They told me on that site, um, they said, get as nerdy as you want to get. And so I'll, a lot of times I'll like, well, what, what playbook page from 1984 can I bring in this week? So, <laughs> so that, that sometimes I'll get real weird with that one and that's fun. And then just scattered throughout the week, I've got um, a sub stack that I write on that every week, I think I'm going to try to put that together tonight, kind of what the Packers did in the RPO game the previous week, and then kind of some breakdown videos here and there in terms of here's this play, here's how this one went right. Here's how this one went wrong. And just talking for way too long and drawing on the screen. So that's, um, <laughs> That those I'll just post on Twitter. Really, if you just if if you feel like following me on Twitter, I will shout about everything I do there, and that's probably the best place to find everything. And that's at Dusty Evely, Evely, sorry, E V E L Y on Twitter. Uh, well, I appreciate you making some time for us, man, especially uh, during our special November week. Um, we'll we'll maybe talk again when in week 18 i guess it is now uh when we're when neither team are playing for anything <laughs> yeah absolutely man this is awesome thanks for having me um good luck with the wheel of pain ryan good luck getting that, all that stuff off your face <laughs> you look adorable um but yeah thanks meow. for having me on guys <laughs> meow 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 <laughs> all right that'll do it for first bite this week we will be back after the game on sunday at twitch.tv slash pride to trade to break down everything that happened we'll have a post game show and a post game podcast later in the night uh, but until then, head over to prideofdetroit.com, click on the Movember link, donate, 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 or share to people that can help. But until then, thank you all for joining us. It's chaos. Be kind. <laughs>